child is born tonight in Bethlehem. His mother holds him close and sings a sweet lullaby. All the world aware that God Himself has come in the night. Shepherds tremble as the angels sing. In their song, the voice of God speaks peace to the world. A miracle has happened. God has come and God has spoken. But the miracle has only just begun. And the God who spoke is speaking still. And the God who came still comes. So come to Bethlehem again and see The one who's come to rescue us, our Savior and King Bring your past, the joy, the sorrow, all you hope to find tomorrow. And hear the words you can fear not, and know that God is near. For the God who spoke is speaking still, and the God who came still comes. And that is Stephen Curtis Chapman, The Miracle of Christmas. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Friday morning. Well, we have a surprise guest coming up. And I, I, I want to say a surprise only because we haven't talked to him ho- for a while. But he's a great friend of Mater Day Radio with, I want to say, some big news. So you're just going to have to stick around after the forecast to hear what we're talking about. 
Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. There are more than two dozen feast days dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary in 2023. How do you stay on top of them all? The easiest way is Matraday Radio's Marian calendar. Get yours today before the new year moves too far along and our limited supply runs out. Just go to the Christmas resources at matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app and we'll promptly send you one of these colorful calendars free. It features magnificent artwork uplifting messages of faith, and a full listing of all Our Lady's feast days in 2023. Start the new year right with this stunning display of spiritual motivation for your home, office, workshop, or anywhere you can use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. Get your 2023 Marian calendar now before they're all gone in the Christmas resources section on the Hail Mary media app or materdayradio.com. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 713 here at Day Radio. Well, mild temperatures today but more rain falling. Although the morning we have a little bit of a break in the rain, it's going to be coming a little later this afternoon. Highs today reaching 51 degrees. So it's pretty mild when I say that. Now rain's going to continue overnight as temperatures drop to the lower 40s then. As we move through the weekend, more rain Saturday and into Sunday, but it also looks like we may be seeing a few more sun breaks. So that should be pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Currently on his feast day, 40 degrees at St. Andre Bissette Church in downtown Portland. And it is 39 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. Well, as we teased it just right before we went into the forecast, joining us this morning is a familiar voice to all of our listeners. 
He is the former managing editor of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper and soon to be embarking on a new career adventure. Please welcome Mr. Ed Longwa. Good morning, Ed. Happy New Year to you. Good morning, David. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas season. Well, it's nice to talk with you. It's been a while since we've had you on uh, over the uh, back before the Christmas holidays, certainly. So, did you have a nice holiday? It was wonderful. I had a lot of family involved, uh, and, and even a trip to the Oregon coast to watch a great big storm. Ooh, that's always fun. Yeah, we were out there when that when that big wind came. Oh man, I know that that's something. Pretty pretty good sized waves. Oh yeah. And the big trees were being tossed around like toothpicks out there. It was it was really magnificent. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful area to go visit. Rain or shine, it's just always fun to go over to the coast. Well, so it's been several months now since the Catholic Sentinel printed its last edition. So uh, I guess have you adjusted to your new lifestyle? <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't mind missing all those deadlines one bit, David. Uh, it's, it's been a, a good relaxing time time with family and, and to explore a beautiful, beautiful God-created part of the world. Yeah, so much so. And, you know, last time we spoke with you, you were doing some archiving with a, a lot of the Sentinel editions, and so where are you at with that? Well, that's all completed. We mailed uh, old photos off to parishes and monasteries and, and everyone so that they could take tender care of them. Uh, we have our <clears throat> bound sentinels going all the way back to 1870, packed safely in boxes and at the offices of the Archdiocese of Portland, where they'll be in the good care of Joe Shewick, the archivist there. Oh, nice. So I, I feel happy about that. Oh, that. That's wonderful, because that's work to do, obviously, and obviously somebody has to do it, but, I mean, that's history, and to preserve history like that, that's something special. That was my chief concern as we closed down, David, to make sure that that history of our local church, which no one else did, no one else created, is is preserved and accessible to everyone. The CatholicSentinel.org website is still alive, and if you go to the top, there's a little button that says Archives, oh. and you can still go there and, and, and search for anything you want by term. And I, the Archdiocese has a commitment to keep that alive in one way or another. Yeah, that's great to know that that's going to be accessible to folks to go back into the archives to see the history of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper and, of course, the Archdiocese of Portland. You know, let me ask you, too, obviously, being the managing editor of the Sentinel, Pope Benedict, who passed away, his funeral, of course, yesterday, and I believe last night Archbishop Sample did a Mass as well, and you covered Pope Benedict, and just kind of your thoughts on the Pope and, and yeah. your coverage of him over the years. Well, a key figure, David, I, I went back to those archives you were talking about, and I found that the, the first mention of Father Joseph Ratzinger, the future Pope Benedict, was in May 1966, and he was talking about how the Church shouldn't worry about gaining new numbers when it's doing its work. It said it should spread love and serve humankind without worrying about whether it's going to bring people in. He he didn't like that transactional <clears throat> kind of a, approach. Right. He was a great theologian of the era of the Second Vatican Council. We need to remember that. Mm -hmm. He was kind of seen as the leading, one of the leading voices in bringing the Church into the modern world. Uh, the secular journalists just now think of him as a standard bearer for conservatives, but he was much, much more, David, and that goes way back uh, to the 1960s. He was one of the great teachers in Germany at the University of Munster and, and was really looked to. His, 
his fellow Germans, the, the bishops there, were really resisted the Second Vatican Council, but people like Father Ratzinger brought them along. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, you think about that, going all the way back to the 60s like that, and he's mentioned there, and then obviously becomes the Pope. And I think in, in later years, too, a lot was made of his relationship with Pope Francis and whether or not the media played it up. There was even a movie, The Two Popes. I don't know if you saw the movie. Yep. But I think it was a good relationship. I think it was. You know, David, it shows what we need in the Church. We, uh, Pope Benedict was the, kind of the teacher par excellence, and Pope Francis has been the pastor par excellence. And of course, we need both, David. If mm-hmm. we just had one or the other, we'd be lacking. So I think these two men carry that, that beautiful, uh, in, in balance, that beautiful need we have uh, in our Church. And and this has been something Pope Benedict or, or Joseph Ratzinger has been doing for a very long time. I mean, you you mentioned when he's becoming Pope, but even before that, he was uh, the doctrinal chief for uh, St. Pope uh, John Paul II. Mm-hmm. And in that role, he really was the, the guy who had—he had to be the bad cop sometimes, right. and that's how he got this reputation as— God's Rottweiler, or <laughs> right. the, the, the Panzer Cardinal, yep. which, <clears throat> but you know what he did was, he knew that that was his role at that time. Yeah. Uh, and once he became Pope, I think we saw a gentler, fatherly, mm-hmm. w- what a humble, gentle man he was. I mean, in his very first homily, we saw that. He, he, he said, you know, he, he went to being kind of a universal shepherd. His, he was he was gentle and even a little shy as a man. Right. And so we saw the grace of the papacy taking effect, and he knew that as Pope he had to be different than, than as a prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. We're speaking with Ed Longwell, former managing editor of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper, and thanks, Ed, for the reflection on Pope Benedict. Uh, that's wonderful to hear and, and to go back into the archives and back into the 1960s. But now we move forward, and I want to talk a little bit about your new career move. This is exciting. And so, hey, maybe we're breaking a little news right here on Mater Day Radio this morning. <laughs> so uh, share with us what you're going to be doing. Well, I've had the great blessing, David, to be hired by Catholic Charities of Oregon <clears throat> as their communications director beginning on January 17th. And uh, one of the first things that will be happening is related to our earlier topic. In, in early February, uh, Catholic Charities, with Archbishop Sample cooperating, is going to do a Zoom cast on Pope Benedict to oh. talk about the Pope's teaching. He, he was one of the great teachers on charity right. and love. One of his encyclicals was called <clears throat> Caritas Deus Est, uh, where he talked about what love really was and how it, you know, it wasn't just a matter of giving people what they want, but also telling them the truth and teaching and, and treating them not just as clients, but as, as human beings with great dignity. Now, that's something that Catholic Charities take seriously, and I've noticed that in 30 years of reporting on them. So when that opportunity came open, uh, I was just delighted to apply, and I'm so glad that Catholic Charities has invited me to be part of their team. Uh, that That is exciting, Ed. Congratulations on that. And Catholic Charities of Oregon, such a great organization. And we've had a chance now to visit with their new executive director, Natalie Wood, several times. Yes, you have. And her, her story of, of growing up on the wrong side of the tracks in Texas and, yeah. and having a real heart for the social justice and love of the, and, and faith, I think, has been really inspiring to 
many of us, and then probably to your listeners, too. Um, no doubt about it. So, well, this is wonderful, because you know what this means? I think we'll be talking with Ed Longwa for a long time. I'm glad about that, David. We've really, whatever the job, we we're storytellers to help people love God and love others, and we'll keep those stories coming. He is Ed Longwa, now the new, again, the title? Communications Director, Catholic Charities of Oregon. All right, well, there we go. We've, we've, now we got to do a new sounder to bring you on, so we'll, we'll, we'll work on Good. that. Well, great to talk with you again. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and congratulations on the new position. Thanks, David. Great to talk to you again and, and to all your listeners. All right, well, God bless. And it is 723 here at Mater Day Radio. I am so excited. That is fantastic. Uh, to be able to have Ed back, you know, with us to join us on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, real, real glad to see uh, he landed. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, and, and with such a great organization. too. Oh, for sure. So the story of the Archdiocese of Portland will continue will with continue. Ed Longwa for sure. Well, if you want to listen to that podcast to get that interview again well it's going to be made into a podcast you can check it out at materdayradio.com you're also going to access it on the hail mary media app support for mater day radio comes from our leadership circle members including dr mark bianco family dentist dr bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd avenue and stark street in southeast portland dr bianco family dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. When it comes to the death of a loved one, who do you turn to? I'm Maria Lee, a cemetery counselor with Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Our cemeteries have served Catholic families since 1888. In 2017, we added a full-service funeral home with on-site cremation, so we're even more prepared to help when a death occurs. When you choose us as your funeral home, you do so with the assurance that you're working with a Catholic funeral home owned and operated by the Archdiocese of Portland. And when the time comes for burial, know that we serve all cemeteries in the area, including our Catholic cemeteries located on both the east and west sides of Portland, where we offer traditional, cremation, and green burial options. For more information, please visit our website at ccpdxor.com. We are Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services, compassionate and pastoral care. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 
And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, going to be a busy day in the nation's capital. We'll tell you why in the news. And Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI laid to rest at St. Peter's Basilica. I'll have more news from those in attendance and where his body has been laid. That story plus more coming up in news. Here is Dan Francis, no other name. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
That is Dan Francis and no other name. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, roughly 50,000 people gathered in St. Peter's Square for the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Pope Francis celebrated the Mass, and in his homily, Francis prayed that the joy of the Pope Emeritus may now be complete. Tracy Sable from EWTN News Nightly has the report. Seguire le sue orme e affidare il nostro fratello alle mani del Padre. The Holy Father also said Pope Benedict's entire life was a ceaseless act of surrender to God. And the German-born former Pope undertook the ultimate sacrifice of loving others more than himself. And after the Mass, Pope Emeritus Benedict was buried in a private ceremony. The body of Benedict was placed in the crypt near the tomb of St. Peter's. Lots of photos and images coming out from the Vatican yesterday. Something very interesting that I saw was the casket of Pope Emeritus Benedict, a very simple wood casket beautifully handcrafted it was it was real beautiful Mm. before they placed the lid a white cloth laid over his face wow was very unusual and of Mm. course then privately they did take pictures of him being buried in the crypt of saint peter's in fact he is in the same crypt that pope uh saint john paul ii was laid before he was brought up into a chapel on the main Mm. floor of saint peter's so if you head to rome you can uh, pray there before his uh, tomb. Right. Well, today marks two years since the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Security officials are preparing for any potential protests that may occur in the area. President Joe Biden is expected to mark the anniversary by awarding the Presidential Citizens Medal to 12 people. This includes law enforcement officers who were injured defending the Capitol and a Capitol Police officer who died in the attack. This while the Republican Party still trying to elect a Speaker of the House that is now heading into its fourth day and reaching record territory has now become the longest Speaker contest in 164 years. GOP leader Kevin McCarthy has yet to garner enough votes to claim the gavel. Negotiators say they are coming closer to an agreement. Well, both directions of Interstate 84 will be closed this weekend along a roughly two-mile stretch where the freeway crosses Interstate 205 in East Portland, according to a news release from the Oregon Department of Transportation. Now, the closure will give crews space to work on TriMet's Better Red project, which includes a new overpass to carry a second max red line track across the freeway. Inbound and outbound red line trains currently have to take turns crossing the existing single track bridge near Gateway Transit Center. The eastbound freeway closure will start at exit 6 with drivers detoured onto southbound I-205 and the westbound closure will start at exit 9 with drivers detoured either direction of I-205. Now, the Northeast 102nd Avenue on-ramp to I-84 will also be closed. Now, the closure is scheduled to begin tonight Tonight. at 10 p.m. and run through 4 a.m. on Sunday. Although ODOT said the plan is weather-dependent. And subject to change. Okay. So be ready. Yeah, Just don't, you don't drive that yeah. side of town too much, do you? That's going to be an area to avoid. 
And a person is under arrest and facing arson charges for setting the fire that destroyed a historic abandoned church in downtown Portland on Tuesday night. 28-year-old Nicolette Fayette was arrested Wednesday evening, according to Portland Fire and Rescue Statement. Now, she was identified as a suspect and taken into custody. She is currently facing charges of first-degree arson, second-degree arson, and second-degree burglary. And she is scheduled to be arraigned today. Demolition of the church building was set to begin this morning after staff from City Engineer's Office evaluated the stability of the wooden church Wednesday morning and deemed it unsafe. However, Portland Fire and Rescue tweeted Thursday that the project has been delayed, mm. so they don't yet know more details about when they will begin to do that. I, I didn't read the story, but I saw something referring to the stained glass windows in there, in the building. Right. Now, I, it was it's an old building, yeah. a historic building, and so they're hoping that they can retrieve some of those historic items. Yeah. The the some of the woodwork, the ironwork, and also the glass. Yeah, it's a beautiful structure. It really yeah, was, wasn't yeah. it? Sad to see that. Yeah. Well, Brenda. Yes. Another big prize up for grabs. Oh yes. Yes. Some lucky winner may win the nine hundred forty million dollar wow. Mega Millions jackpot when the numbers are drawn later this evening. Now the prize ranks as the sixth largest in U.S. history. That comes less than two months after a player in California won a record Powerball jackpot worth a little over two billion. I can't even dollars. believe that. I don't that that person. I don't think have they come forward yet. I don't know. I don't I know recall. yet. Yeah, but, I don't think yeah. so. Fortunately, yes. They, this takes a lot of time oh, and yeah. patience. But to know that you've got a little piece of paper uh, somewhere stashed away with two billion dollars, mm-hmm. that could be a little stressful. Uh, I would think so. So players also won lottery prizes topping one billion dollars earlier in 2022 and 21. So all these recent record jackpots are actually due to the math, as lottery officials approved changes that significantly lengthened the odds of winning. The idea was that by making jackpots less common, ticket revenue could build up week after week and create more interest in lottery games. And thanks to those moves, nine of the top 10 largest lottery prizes have been won since 2017. Okay. So it's paying off, however, whatever math they changed. So it gets more exciting, but you're less likely to win. Exactly. That's kind of the odds, yeah. (laughs) Well, Portland real estate agents say the market is back into historical trends. The two-year home buying frenzy has slowed down as interest rates have hit nearly 7%. But real estate agents say things are looking brighter in the new year. According to a new Redfin report, homeowners are increasingly selling for below desired price. 22% of Redfin homes, in fact, sales in the fourth quarter had a final sale below the listing price with concessions like money for repairs and mortgage rate buy-downs. According to another Redfin report, homes are going for about the same price as a year earlier, but pending sales also dropped to lowest levels since at least 2015. Did I see the mortgage rate? Did that? Ch- I, I thought thought I saw a headline that the mortgage rate did it go down again a little bit? Did it? It, it, it might, may it have. Have I mean, if fewer people are yeah. applying, then yeah. then there are uh, you know actions to be taken, I suppose.
Well, in sports, University of Portland women's basketball team remains undefeated in West Coast Conference play, 5-0 and following their win over Santa Clara last night at the Child Center, the final 81-71. In the win, the Pilots matched their program record for three-pointers made with 15. Portland had three players score in double figures, led by Alex Fowler, who had 26 points, seven rebounds, and a career-high four threes. Portland hosts San Francisco Dons tomorrow evening at 5 o'clock. Men's college basketball, ew, not such a good night for the Ducks and Beavers on the road. Oregon loses at Colorado 68-41. to Oregon State defeated by Utah 79-60. to uh, Washington and Washington State also lost to Arizona and Arizona State, respectively. So uh, kind of not a great night for Northwest basketball, although if, except for the University of Portland women's team. That's true. Well, the reconstruction effort at Notre Dame de Paris on schedule for their planned 2024 reopening. Recent progress reports have painted a hopeful picture of the iconic French cathedral, which catastrophically damaged by the April 2019 fire. Now, plans for beautifying and update the areas surrounding the building have emerged as well. Now, leaders of the project have announced the completion of the reconstruction of the collapsed stone vault in the north transept. Now, this is significant because it will now allow the team to begin work on the vaulted ceilings of the transept crossing. The transept crossing is the spot that supports the spire, which crumbled into the building during the fire. Now, while preparing to restore the ceiling, the team has already erected the 600 tons of scaffolding to reach the 26-meter height required to begin rebuilding the spire. The scaffolding will expand as the spire construction begins, but until then, well, Notre Dame will appear to be encased in metal poles, almost like a cast for a broken bone. Right. And meanwhile, art restorers are still diligently working to repair the many priceless works of art that were placed in jeopardy by the fire. Those include murals, frescoes, stained glass windows, sculptures, iron marks. Now it was noted that excuse me, it was noted that some of the sculptures were irreparably damaged and these are being recreated by artists and craftsmen. They're also paying attention to the grounds of the church, David, where apparently hundreds of trees are being planted to allow for shade for visitors who have to stand and wait. Summers can get real hot there, so they want to make sure that it's comfortable for everybody to come back. That's a lot of scaffolding. 600 tons. Holy cow. I saw a picture of it. It's incredible. They must have gone to every Uh, region in Europe to get this much scaffolding. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, tonight at 7 p.m. is the Misa Cantata for the Feast of Epiphany happening at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. All are invited to attend this Dominican Rite Mass with Cantores in Ecclesia singing Victoria's Misa O Magnum Mysterium. A reception in Siena Hall will follow the Mass, and they note this replaces the regular First Friday devotions usually on the calendar. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So you've been doing these series of interviews on Gen Zers. That's right. Yeah. And I'll say this, this last one that I've done, one of my favorites. We're talking about dialoguing with Gen Zers. All right. That's coming up right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice, 
For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio in this prayer to St. Jude. Let us pray. Glorious St. Jude, with faith in your goodness, we ask your help today. As one of Christ's chosen apostles, you remain a pillar and foundation of his church on earth. You are counted, we know, among the elders who always stand before God's throne. From your place of glory, we know you do not forget the needs and difficulties of Christ's little ones here, still struggling, like me, on the way home to God. Please intercede for us all, gracious St. Jude, and be with us in our daily toil and in all our necessities. In Christ's name, we appeal to you again today. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 7.44 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we start out with about a 30% chance of rain today. That increases to 80% tonight. I got caught yesterday. I had to take my car in, and uh-huh. I had to go back out to the parking lot. It, it was a really nice day. Of course, as soon as I step out to the parking lot, it just poured down rain. Of course. Of course. So, it was waiting for you. The one time it rained yesterday, and I'm <laughs> caught in the middle of it. Well, you can see rain this afternoon. Going to be pretty mild, though. High of 52 degrees. Then rain overnight tonight, low of 42. Saturday, 80% chance of rain high of 44 sunday it's epiphany sunday that's right 90 percent chance of rain a high of i think it says 50 so yeah you know kind of right in around 50 degrees so that's pretty mild for january yeah i think that's even a little above normal for what yeah. we should be getting this time of year too so be thankful is. for it yes currently it is 41 degrees at saint matthew's catholic church in hillsborough and 43 degrees at marist high school in eugene Well, I've been on a bit of a journey over the last several months talking with Ben Erickson. Ben has written a series of six interviews on Catholic World Report on walking with Generation Z. Now, we have covered this past articles to understand this loneliest generation, their distrust of institutions, their religious complexity, and what steps can be taken toward their flourishing and then reaching them with relational authority. 
but I believe Ben, well, he has saved the most important for the end, how to dialogue with Gen Z. And Ben is joining me this morning to close out our discussion in this series. Good morning, Ben. Thank you for joining us once again. Yes, thank you for having me, Brenda. It's good to be here again. Ben, let's start by addressing how we communicate. Now, I've learned in raising four Gen Zers, I may call them on their cell phone and I may or may not get connected with them. But if I send them a text, I'll often get a quick response. And even if they go to pick up a friend, let's say, they'll first text their friend to let them know they're there rather than go up and ring the doorbell to have a conversation maybe with a parent. Even at work, we say, you know what, can you send me an email on that? rather than let's have the conversation over the phone. So do you think as a society, and maybe especially for these Gen Zers, are we losing old ways of conversation? I think you're exactly right. I think that um, there's still conversations being had. I mean, we're social creatures, so we want to communicate, we want to engage with each other, but obviously the mode of communication is changing, as you've noted. Um, A lot of it is over text, over emails, and not I'm hearing somebody's voice or let alone in-person conversations. And a lot of people have made that note. And obviously there's a lot of societal impacts that that has, but especially for these younger generations, they're losing the more personal conversations, the more personal aspect of this. And a lot of times that's um, people have noted that some of these younger generations are, um, it's harder to have a conversation about meaningful topics and instead it's more trivial, which is always harder with younger people because they're more concerned about the things that are passing. But when you start to distance yourself by you know, texting and emails, um, and it makes it harder to have those more personal conversations. So I think you're, you're right on track with that. Well, Ben, your goal in this series is to address the difficulties this generation is experiencing and then use those difficulties to understand them so that way we can get to their point of view and then we can take the steps to really help them flourish. Now, we have to set the stage to start this conversation. Do we wait for them to maybe show an interest or throw out maybe just a little side comment to begin that? Or can we lean in a little bit as authorities in their lives to say, you know what, we we need to enter into this discussion? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think we should always be ready for those conversations. I, I know from personal experience sometimes that um, these conversations come up when you least expect them. You know, sure. you know, I remember working a landscaping job and all of a sudden one of my you know, co-workers asked me a question about Catholicism and you kind of have to be ready on the spot to, to have these conversations when they um, occur and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in those moments. But um, that doesn't mean that we should just be passive either. Obviously we should go out and try to encourage these conversations, but in some way where it doesn't come off as that, you know, you're just being an awkward adult, uh, adult or, you know, some kind of like creepy person. Um, so just, you know, kind of set the stage to encourage those conversations. You know, we can foster wonder um, um, by giving people an experience of beauty, young people this experience of beauty. So um, if you have a, a child or um, even a student or you're in a youth group, you know, encouraging them to watch um, a really inspiring movie or an artistic movie, um, reading an insightful book, um, walking them through a beautiful church or even going into nature. So kind of that experience of beauty encourages that wonder and stepping out and, and, and kind of sets the stage for a more authentic communication. Um, Two other ways to kind of set the stage is, you know, find the right environment, you know, to, to kind of reach out for them is, you know, maybe it's not so much a question that you have to do or, but just maybe doing it. I, 
the, I think of when I was a kid, for example, um, having the right environment was important. You don't have to have a sit down conversation. It could be um, you realize your kid really opens up when you shoot hoops or when you're on a drive or uh, maybe it's you know going to a park or whatever it may be is trying to find those places where the youth are more comfortable. They're not distracted by technology and it allows that more personal communication, which technology kind of prohibits that you talked about. Sure. Um, and then lastly is, is to really be provocative. You know, like I, 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 I think about um, you know, when you think provocative, it's not necessarily in a bad way, you know, trying to, to you know, have a, a bad response or a negative response, but um, to ask questions that kind of prompt a response um, that might seem maybe a little bit outlandish or a little off the beaten track, but causes um, some reflection. So I think of one time I was um, driving with my best friend and we were coming back um, from camping to, together with a, some other guys and we were just driving and, you know, there's a lot of the conversation and I wanted to talk to him about, you know, well, how would we want to live our lives? So I asked him a question, you know, what do you want people to say about you when, when you die? You know, what, what do you want people to say at your eulogy? And he just looked at me like, what? And he was uh, taken aback by the question because it's very mm -hmm. provocative to say something like that. And we had this interesting conversation at the beginning. He's like, why did you ask me that question? I said, well, because when you have these conversations, when you ask that question, you realize, how do you want to live your life now? And so that question is provocative to promote that response. So that's another way to start those conversations. Well, Ben, you bring up an interesting topic because you said, you know, we were driving and talking. I'm amazed at the conversations that I can have with my children, even now that they're adults, but especially when they were in the home. The, the conversations that started in that exact type of setting in the car, it almost felt yeah. like not looking at them directly felt easier for them to talk about. You know, I know that, you know, for instance, when my husband and I go out, say, to dinner together, we sit across from each other. We don't sit next to each mm -hmm. other because we want to look right in each other's faces. That's the way we communicate. This generation, yeah. though, that almost seems a little aggressive to be, you know, straight on yeah. and looking straight at them and then to be provocative. But if, you, like you said, doing something and then entering the, the conversation, looking at something beautiful, going on a yeah. hike and, and being almost kind of side focused. Is that really a mm -hmm. great way, even though you know you want to have an important conversation, to be able to address it or enter into it, maybe kind of from the side door? Absolutely. And it, sometimes it's, it could be because you want to have that conversation. Sometimes an opportunity doesn't provide itself. But when you kind of take some of these strategies, at the bare minimum, you're continuing to build that relational authority, which is going to open up later doors. So, you know, if you go on a, a, a hiking trip and you don't have that conversation about whatever topic because, you know, you get distracted or whatever happens, you're still building that relationship, which is going to further open doors up in the future. So it's one of those things where it's good to develop those relationships in general, but then it does, as you said, provide those opportunities to talk about more meaningful topics. Well, if you are just tuning in, Ben Erickson is joining me today. We are having the final discussion on a series of articles he wrote for Catholic World Report on walking with Generation Z. This is the sixth interview I've had with Ben. We're kind of wrapping up this series about how to enter into this conversation. Ben, we've had a great time in every one of our interviews, and boy, we are just getting started on this one. I am coming up again to my break. Can you stay with me so we can continue our discussion in the next half hour? Absolutely.
And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. Well, it's the weekend coming up. You're going to do a little uh, New Year's cleaning, maybe getting rid of that old vehicle sitting in the garage. How about Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program? Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page. So if you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Really quick and easy process. All the information is on the website, and it's a likely tax deduction for you as well. It's Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through our Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Peter Kreef calls envy the dumbest sin. Why? Well, think about it. Most sins make you feel good for at least a minute. Envy makes you feel instantly miserable. And most often, if someone suffers from envy or constant comparison, it's rooted in the lie that something is missing in you. When I was three years old, my parents asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was shocked dumbfounded. I looked at them like, what are you talking about? I said, I want to be a big one, Christopher. In other words, I want to be me when I grow up, just bigger than I am now. (laughs) God doesn't want you to be somebody else. He wants you to be holy, which is to be fully you, fully alive. Not saint someone else, but saint insert your name here. He wants you to glorify him in the way that only you can for all eternity. Start learning to love and appreciate what He's given you and what He's calling unrepeatable you to do. It's enough. Send us a message at connect at reallifecatholic.com. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Hi, everyone. This is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's on the go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Some are morning people. (sighs) Others are not. (laughs) Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. The struggles continue for a national home goods retailer. We'll have the details in the news. And move out of being comfortable. Be like the Magi. Pope Francis speaks of the three kings in his homily for Epiphany. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Happy Feast of the Epiphany, everyone. While for most of the world, Christmas ends on December 26th, for us Catholics, the Christmas season doesn't officially end until Three Kings Day, or the Feast of the Epiphany. This day officially marks 12 days after the birth of Christ and is celebrated in the Latin rite as Epiphany, a Greek word meaning manifestation or revelation from above. 
Today's feast commemorates the revelation of Jesus as the Son of God to the Magi, or the Three Kings, who traveled from the East. These were the first Gentiles to recognize Jesus as the Christ. Along with Christmas and Easter, Epiphany is one of the three oldest and primary festivals of the church. And although the celebration dates further back, it wasn't until 567 at the Council of Tours that Christmas and Epiphany were officially set on December 25th and January 6th, respectively, marking the 12 days in between as the 12 days of Christmas. Christmas. Throughout the Roman Catholic world, this feast has taken on special significance with cultural traditions growing up around the celebration. In Spain, Portugal, the Philippines, and parts of Latin America, children receive the rest of their gifts today, commemorating the gifts of the three kings to baby Jesus. In Poland and here in the U.S., people take blessed chalk, gold, incense, and amber to mark their doorways with a plaque containing the letters CMB plus the year. This signifies the names of the Magi, Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar, but also the Latin phrase Christus mentionum benedicat, or may Christ bless this house. Because on Epiphany we remember the revelation of Christ to the wise men, we also remember their courage and wisdom traveling from afar to present their gifts to the King of Kings. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We see each as having both a temporal and a spiritual significance. Gold representing kingship and great value, frankincense, a costly perfume, also an incense symbolizing deity, and myrrh, an anointing oil that's also used for embalming and a symbol of death. In the three gifts, we see the foreshadowing of Christ's crucifixion and death, but also his resurrection and kingship over the whole earth. The Magi are remembered as wise men because they recognized the signs of the times. They understood the significance of the star and knew the prophecies. They prepared gifts for the newborn king and embarked on a long journey so that they could worship him. Do we recognize the Lordship of Jesus in our own lives? It's easy to think of sweet baby Jesus as being nothing more than just a gentle baby at Christmas time. We sometimes take for granted the incredible revelation of God coming to earth and becoming man. Are you willing to offer him gifts worthy of a king? Hosea 6.6 says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Can we really offer him anything less than our own hearts? Today, let's acknowledge Christ as God and King of our own lives and hold nothing back from him. Jesus Christ, be Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Christmas resources, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news on the Solemnity of the Epiphany, Pope Francis said that if the Magi had remained comfortable, they never would have encountered the Lord in Bethlehem. In his homily for the church's celebration of the three kings today, the Pope warned that today's world is full of tranquilizers of the soul and emptied promises of pleasure. The Pope quoted an epiphany homily by the late Benedict XVI, whose funeral he presided over yesterday. He said, Benedict XVI said of the Magi, their outward pilgrimage was the expression of their inward journey the inner pilgrim of their hearts. Now, the solemnity of the Epiphany celebrates the arrival of the Magi, also known as the three wise men or three kings, who came with gifts to worship the child Jesus shortly after his birth. The solemnity is traditionally celebrated on January 6th, 
but Catholic Diocese in the United States mark the feast on the Sunday that falls between January 2nd and the 8th. So U.S. Catholics will celebrate the Epiphany this year on January 8th. All right. Well, Russian President Vladimir Putin on Thursday ordered his armed forces to observe a 36-hour ceasefire in Ukraine this weekend for the Russian Orthodox Christmas holiday. That's the first such sweeping truce move in nearly 11-month-old war. Now, Putin did not appear to make his ceasefire order conditional on a Ukrainian agreement to follow suit. And Ukrainian officials say there can be no truce until Russia withdraws its troops from occupied territory. He believes Russia's peace move as playing for time to regroup their forces and prepare for additional attacks. U.S. also skeptical of the Russian announcement. So Putin acted at the suggestion of the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, who proposed a truce from noon Friday through midnight Saturday. The Russian Orthodox Church, which uses the ancient Julian calendar, celebrates Christmas on January 7th. Well, as Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI was laid to rest in Rome Thursday after his death at the age of 95, speakers and attendees of the Seek 23 Catholic Conference in St. Louis remembered the late Pope's scholarship and love for Christ with fondness and gratitude. Father Mike Schmitz, a keynote speaker at Seek 23 and the host of the Bible in a Year and Catechism of a Year podcast, told Catholic News Agency that he remembers while in high school looking in the catechism for answers to a burning question that he had about an aspect of the faith. Well, later, Schmitz learned that Pope Benedict, then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, had presided over the committee to create the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which was ultimately published in 1992. Now, some 17,000 people are gathered in St. Louis for the week-long conference of speakers, prayers, and fellowship put on by the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. The gathering marks focus first fully in-person national conference since the start of the pandemic in 2019. That's incredible. 17,000 young people all attending this conference together. I'm glad they found a venue big enough. That is fantastic to see. That's great. Well, I'm not sure what it'll mean for their remaining local stores, but home goods retailer Bed Bath & Beyond has announced it may need to file for bankruptcy as sales continue to drop and it struggles to attract shoppers. The New Jersey-based company said that it is looking at several options, including selling assets or restructuring its business in bankruptcy court, but it acknowledged that even those efforts may not be successful. Its stock is now trading at its lowest level since 1992. The company's assessment came as its dismal performance continued through the holiday season, Bed Bath & Beyond CEO blamed the poor performance on inventory constraints and reduced credit limits that resulted in shortages of merchandise on the shelves. Since August, the company has closed 150 of its stores and laid off 20% of its workforce. That's too bad. I'm sad to hear that. Yeah, I, we, we shop at Bed Bath & Beyond, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry to yeah. see that happen. I've been there a few times looking for bedding. I think the last thing I bought was dorm room comforter for my daughter before she left for school. Right. But no matter what you go in there for, David, it seems like I always come out with some kind of kitchen utensil yes. or gadget. Yes. They, and it's one of those stores, too, where we would always get uh, like a 20% off. That's right. Or something. That always, always use those coupons. Yeah. 
Well, both directions of Interstate 84 will be closed this weekend, along with a roughly two-mile stretch where the freeway crosses Interstate 205 in East Portland. Now, the closure will give crews space to work on TriMet's Better Red project, which includes new overpass to carry a second Max Red Line track across the freeway. Inbound and outbound red line trains currently have to take turns crossing the existing single track bridge near the Gateway Transit Center. So eastbound freeway closure will start at exit 6 with drivers detoured onto southbound I-205 and westbound closure will start at exit 9 with drivers detoured onto either direction of I-205. The closure is scheduled to begin at 10 p.m. tonight and running all the way through 4 a.m. on Sunday. But that reopen time could shift a little depending on how weather yeah. cooperates with their work. Yeah, good, a good heads up for sure. In sports, here is some really, really good news. Mm. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin had his breathing tube removed, and he has begun talking with his care team, family, and his teammates they took the tube out overnight, and they say his progression is just really going well. And so wow. that is so great to hear. So excellent to hear. Yeah, that uh, that uh, any word, though, yet if his career in football is over? Yeah, they just said it's too early to tell to see what okay. his recovery is. Although the, the game that was canceled mm-hmm. or when the injury occurred between Buffalo and Cincinnati, they're not going to make that game up. They now. are not. They've decided okay. they're not, they're not going to do that. Just to figure there's not time to do it, nor did I don't think the players wanted to as well. So news there. Portland Trailblazers, by the way, they have a game on the road tonight. They play at the Indiana Pacers that tips off at five o'clock. Well, after a monumentally successful year running the Bible in the Year podcast in 2021, Father Mike Schmitz is doing it again with the sequel series, Catechism in the Year. We just talked about that from the Seek 23 conference. Now, the first week of January has not yet passed, but Catechism in a Year is already number one among all podcasts on Apple and Spotify. No kidding. That's awesome. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Catechism in a Year launched on January 1st presents every word of the Catechism of the Catholic Church in 365 daily episodes, running about 20 minutes each. Father Mike Schmitz guides listeners through the often complex wording of the Catechism while clarifying its meaning for viewers and supporting the materials with prayers and reflection. Now, the Catechism in a Year's success is due to many factors, not least of which the charisma and hard work of Father Mike himself. Now, Schmitz is a natural host presenting complex religious concepts in terms that are easy to understand. Now, websites that chart the performance of podcasts each place the top five in a slightly different order, but every chart agrees that Catechism in a Year is the number one app of 2023 so And you're far. part of that. I've been listening to yeah. it. Now, here's a couple of things I've discovered since I've started. I uh, need a little bit more concentration in listening to it. He reads the catechism, first of all, just word for word. Right. It, it's, it can be complex. Oh, sure. And so uh, if I put it on when I'm in my car, which I've done this week, I lose track because I'm also concentrating on the road. Right. I also feel like if I took a few notes... Uh, that would help me remember <laughs> yeah. a little bit. But he go after he reads the, the parts that he wants to, he goes into explanation of it, which helps immensely. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
So we'll see. I'll tell you how it goes at 365 <laughs> days from now. Okay. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And tomorrow morning, beginning at 7.30, it is the Catholic Medical Association, Portland Guild Mass, and a meeting happening at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Monsignor O'Connor will celebrate Mass at 7.30, followed by viewing of a recent talk given at the National Meeting in Denver by Dr. Frederick Meyer, entitled Medicine to Believe in getting trustworthy messages through turbid media. And I'll have that, you can find out more details. Just head over to our community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. All right, Brenda continues her interview on Gen Zers and how to dialogue right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Brother Louis-Marie de Montfort. Please join me in the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, and in reparation for sins committed against the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate hearts of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. Get 2023 off to a powerful start with Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app. Make your resolution to grow closer to Christ in the new year, and we'll give you the tools to achieve that goal, including a huge library of audio, video, and text prayers. You could even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you catch a live broadcast of Mater Dei Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, there's unique features in our Catholic Lifestyle section, The Bridge, exciting local events on our interactive community calendar, and much more. Resolve to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MontereyRadio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2023 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app. From Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
It is 813 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we've got about a 30% chance of rain today, a high of 52 degrees. That'll increase to 80% tonight, 42 degrees your low, and then an 80% chance of rain on Saturday, 90% chance on Sunday. We'll have your highs in the low 50s. Currently, it is 41 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church out in Camas. And 43 degrees at St. Edward's Church in Kaiser. I am back with Ben Erickson. Ben is joining us today as we wrap up a series of interviews in Walking with Generation Z. Ben has been talking about the ways that we can open up that conversation and really have meaningful dialogue with them. Of course, we understand that experiencing beauty with them can help promote that sense of wonder, find the right environment, and we can even be a little bit forward and provocative in really getting to the heart of the discussion. Ben is joining us today, well, because we're going to now move into some do's and don'ts with this generation. Ben, thanks so much for staying with me. Thanks for having me. Well, all right, Ben, the the discussion kind of is is there. We're ready to talk with these Gen Zers. There are some things we want to keep in mind. And most importantly, the do's and especially the don'ts, because we want to make yeah. sure that we we create an environment that not only makes them feel safe to talk about, maybe makes them want to come back to this well. So let's mm-hmm. start with the don'ts first, because you say there are some things we do need to avoid. Yeah. So when having a conversation with really anybody, but especially young people um, and a, a, on a touchy topic or on a religious topic where you're trying to have you know, some sort of meaningful conversation, it's important to not focus on winning the argument, but losing the soul. And what I mean by that is, of course, we have to speak the truth, but we have to speak it with all charity. And, and sometimes our, our vigor or um, we, we speak out a little bit callously about a subject, we can win the argument. So if we're talking about maybe abortion, for an example, and we give really good arguments for showing why obviously a- abortion is a grave moral evil, but we don't realize that the person we're talking to actually had an abortion. And, and so we have to speak these things with all charity so that we ultimately win over the soul. Um, and, and it's not just about winning the argument because we may leave saying, oh, I own that argument, but in effect, we've actually distanced the soul because, you know, um, from Christ and, and from the truth because of how we've said it. So we have to make sure that we say things in, in charity. That's that's the first thing. Um, the second thing, kind of along the same path, is um, sometimes being overly defensive and overly frustrated. And I myself struggle with this, right, because I, I, I love the truth. I love the faith. And, you know, having a conversation with somebody and they're saying, you know, outlandish things and you get frustrated and you, you start, you know, having a tone or speaking from that frustration of like, oh, why can't you just understand it? it's so obvious and you're saying such ridiculous things or whatever it is. But if you start having that come out, it quickly derails the conversation. And so trying to remain calm, re, you know, resisting that spiritual agitation that, you know, the, the devil wants us to go into um, and realizing, okay, like the truth is greater than me. Um, I need to reside with Christ. I reside with the truth. Even if at the end of the day, this person doesn't accept the truth, that's not something that I'm personally responsible for. So trying to um, be calm and, and, and loving and not overly defensive or frustrating, letting that kind of take over in those conversations. Well, Ben, are there questions that kind of help us keep in that non-defensive framework that allows us to kind of enter into this? I mean, my thinking is, and it's kind of been the way that I've transitioned from parenting minors in my home to being a parent of adults who are making their own decisions. Uh, Questions, things like, tell me how you think about this. 
and then mm-hmm. coming back with, well, have you thought about this? I mean, is that, can, can you kind of, yeah. is there a framework that you can do to help me be, keep in that, that kind of guideline? Yeah. One of the questions is if you're finding yourself getting frustrated, obviously, you know, that's a perfect moment to say a quiet prayer to the Holy Spirit. But then, as you said, asking those those questions. So if they're saying something crazy, it's just saying, do you hear yourself? Oh, that's crazy. It's, well, why, why do you think that? Why do you feel this way? What caused you, you know, get to the kind of the root of the problem. And sometimes, especially if you're having these conversations, you notice they're getting frustrated. That's a time to, you know, you know, kind of figure out the situation. Why are they feeling this way? Why are they getting agitated, right? And then noticing, okay, can I ask these questions to kind of get to the root of the problem um, to figure out where they're coming from and obviously on some sensitive issues we should be careful about that because sometimes we're treading on very holy ground with these things right mm-hmm. um so if you see somebody you're talking about the abortion issue you realize they're getting frustrated you know like maybe you know you, you don't ask some of those really hard questions to them at that time because it could spiral but at the same time you know the questions we can be asking is um should be coming from that charity coming from that love and then trying to get them to understand the truth. This is one of the things that you do do's and don'ts. The do's is asking those insightful questions that prompt a response and showing them, as you said, an alternative view. So, you know, if you say, well, you know, I, I, they don't believe X. Well, what haven't you considered? Why haven't you considered, I mean, if somebody says, well, I believe suffering has no evil. Why does God allow that? Well, what if we say God does exist and he, you know, allows suffering for a greater good to come about, you know, like it's, you're not offering a proof per se, but you're showing a greater perspective and that kind of, you know, um, helps it be less of a tense conversation. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And also one of the things that we can avoid is starting that with this authority of the church. Well, you know, because it just tends to shut down everything. Well, you're completely wrong because this is the authority of the church and this is what it says. Done conversation. Well, not only have you hit them over the head with a Bible, you hit them with the, (laughs) the catechism of the Catholic church and they're like, all right, I'm ready to be done with this already. So so now that our listeners know those things that they should be avoiding when entering into this conversation, there are some things to keep in mind, things that mm. you can actually go to in order to focus on to keep this opening. You've got some great ones to share with our listeners. Tell us more. And one of the main ones is you talked about not immediately starting with scripture, the authority of the church. Obviously, that's where the fullness of truth resides. But for a lot of these Gen Z, they're not going to accept that as a, as a source of authority. They may be interested in learning about it. But if you just say, well, this is what the church says, this is what scripture says, they're not going to see it as a source of authority. So um, people like John Paul II encourage us to use reason-based arguments. So in his um he t- talks about in Fides et Ratio that philosophical thought is often the only ground of understanding and dialogue for those who don't share the faith. He talks about the importance of philosophy in our time. And people get scared when you use the, the word philosophy because they, you know, think, you know, some crazy um, philosopher sitting in an armchair, uh, you kind of questioning everything. But really, philosophy is just trying to understand the divine using our reason to the best we can. And obviously, it's very limited. But there is a way where we can prove the, the tenets of the faith through reason. Um, and instead of referring to the authority of the church all the time. So, for example, is if you're having a conversation, you're trying to show why pornography is wrong, for example. Um, instead of saying, well, the church teaches that and it's in the catechism, like you said, whacking over the head of the catechism. Sure. You can say, well, look, when you do that you know, you're treating another person as an object and showing how that's a problem. And that's going to be much more convincing to Gen Z by using those rational arguments than just quoting a source of authority that many of them either doubt 
or or don't accept entirely. So that's that would be my first recommendation. And there's a lot of good resources. I named a couple um, on the article to, to look to, um, to kind of educate yourself on those rational reasons. Because um, that's that's something I've had to do myself and still learning doing every day. So that's, that's the, one of the main things. Ben, do you have a strategy that parents can use? We hear often now, especially I think it's pop culture, the idea of cancel culture, meaning that if they mm-hmm. don't agree with you, done right? You have to agree with me or we have nothing to say. We've heard it and they've probably learned it on college campuses where Catholic apologists or pro-life activists are invited onto campuses to just wild protest that tries to shut it down completely. So they may be coming at things from maybe that perspective, meaning that if you don't agree with me, well, we have nothing to discuss about anything at all. How do you, maybe if you're maybe coming at things from an opposite directions, how can you kind of show yourself to a Gen Z or that says it's, I'm okay. I'm not the enemy here. Yeah. Well, I think this goes back to the great question. It it goes back to the relational authority. They need to know you and they need to know that if you disagree with them, the reason for your disagreement is actually because you care for them. Right. So, and you can point out, Hey, you disagree with me. Right. Like, but when you disagree with me, it's not because you hate me, but it's actually because you think this is true and you want to make sure that I know that that's true. But now if you look at from my perspective, I'm doing the same thing. Right. Like, I believe this is true. I and I want to share that with you, not because I hate you or because I want you to be unhappy. It's actually because I want you to be happy, because I want you to live a fulsome life. And so by establishing that relational authority before having these conversations, you can kind of refer back to that. And so when you're starting those conversations, you've got to start with kind of, you know, with that that uh, character, that that gravitas of who you are. Um, and then that helps kind of diffuse the uh, the emotional bomb that sometimes these conversations can can bring up. Oh, fantastic. Well, Ben, just a really another great article. I'm so sorry to say that this is our last, but well, we look forward to perhaps seeing more of your articles on Catholic World Report. Thank you so much for all that you've put into this report and all the time you've given to Mater Day Radio in talking about this generation. Yes, thank you so much. God bless you and God bless uh, the radio. Uh, God bless you too. And again, that is Ben Erickson. So the entire series, six articles, Walking with Generation Z, you can find them on Catholic World Report. To make it easier, well, I'll just add a link on the podcast of this interview where you can get right to Catholic World Report and all of Ben's articles. You can find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 824 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday morning. You got a view from the pew tonight? Oh, we do have a great view from the pew. In fact, you're going to hear more from Ben Erickson and his discussion oh. on Gen Zers. And then the good deacon and I, we're going to talk a little bit about our firsthand experience in raising four Gen Zers <laughs> and how we've managed to talk to them yes. for all these years. I've been there. Have you? You've I, done it. I know what you're talking about right <laughs> there. So that's View from the Pew tonight, 7.30, right here on Mater Day Radio. You can get a program schedule under our programming page and, of course, through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. 
Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship. A place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. This is Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, chaplain of the Portland Guild of the Catholic Medical Association. This community of members strive to inform, organize, and inspire each other in steadfast fidelity to the teachings of the Catholic Church. Catholic physicians and healthcare workers need this support and fellowship now more than ever. We gather on the first Saturday of every month for 7.30 Mass at St. Mary's Cathedral, followed by our meeting. If you'd like to find out more information about the Catholic Medical Association and how you can become a member, visit cathmed.org. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Monterey Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It is 827 at Mater Day Radio and another gigantic jackpot. There's a reason for it. We'll tell you why in the news. And pictures and images and sounds from Pope Emeritus Benedict Sixteenth funeral. I'll have that story for you plus more coming up in the news. Here is Christmas music for you. It is Colin Ray, Angels We Have Heard on High. We are the Morning Blend, Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Angels we
Colin Ray, Angels We Have Heard on High. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, roughly 50,000 people gathered in St. Peter's Square for the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Pope Francis celebrated the Mass, and in his homily, Francis prayed that the joy of the Pope Emeritus may now be complete. Tracy Sable from EWTN News Nightly has the report. Seguire le sue orme e affidare il nostro fratello alle mani del padre. The Holy Father also said Pope Benedict's entire life was a ceaseless act of surrender to God. And the German-born former Pope undertook the ultimate sacrifice of loving others more than himself. And after the Mass, Pope Emeritus was buried in a private ceremony, the body of Benedict placed in the crypt of St. Peter's Basilica near the tomb of St. Peter. Well, today marks two years since the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, and security officials are preparing for any potential protests that may occur in the area. President Joe Biden is expected to mark the anniversary by awarding the Presidential Citizens Medal to 12 people. This includes law enforcement officers who were injured defending the Capitol and a Capitol Police officer who died in the attack. This while the Republican Party still trying to elect a Speaker of the House that is now heading into its fourth day and reaching a record territory. It has now become the longest Speaker contest in 164 years. GOP leader Kevin McCarthy has yet to garner enough votes to claim the gavel. Negotiators say they are coming closer to an agreement. And a person is under arrest and facing arson charges for setting the fire that destroyed a historic abandoned church in downtown Portland on Tuesday night. 28-year-old Nicolette Fayette was arrested Wednesday evening, according to a Portland Fire and Rescue statement. Now, she was identified as a suspect and taken into custody. She is currently facing charges of first-degree arson, second-degree arson, and second-degree burglary, and is scheduled to be arraigned today. Now, demolition of the church building was set to begin this morning after staff from the city's engineer's office evaluated the stability of the wooden church Wednesday morning and deemed it unsafe. However, PFNR tweeted today that the project was delayed and no further details about when the demolition will begin have been released. Well, another big prize up for grabs. Some lucky winner may win the $940 million Mega Millions jackpot when the numbers are drawn later this evening. Prize ranks as the sixth largest in U.S. history. That comes less than two months after a player in California won a record Powerball jackpot worth a little over 
$2 billion. Now, players also won lottery prizes topping $1 billion earlier in 2022 and 2021. So all these recent record jackpots are actually due to the math as lottery officials approved changes that significantly lengthened the odds of winning. So the idea was that by making jackpots less common, ticket revenue could build up week after week and create more interest in the lottery games. Thanks to those moves, nine of the top 10 largest lottery prizes have been won since 2017. So my wife asked me yesterday, you want me to buy me want me to buy you a ticket for tonight's drawing and I said, you know, no, I'll just share your winnings. Uh, that, that's right. Fortunately, you're married, so uh, <laughs> yes. she'll she'll probably gladly do that. I get what they're saying though about building interest. I actually don't ever buy Mega Millions or Powerball tickets yeah. until it gets to these big <laughs> I ones. And I, I don't know why. You're less likely to win the more that people buy tickets, but somehow they they, they write. They know yeah. something about people when they say, yeah, it stirs up more excitement because, yeah, ordinarily I wouldn't probably yeah. buy eh, a ticket at all. Who wants that paltry $2 million jackpot? That's right. Yeah. I want the billion. <laughs> That's it. Well, real estate agents say the market is back into historical trends. The two-year home buying frenzy has slowed down as interest rates have hit nearly 7%. But real estate agents say things are looking brighter in the new year. According to a new Redfin report, homeowners are increasingly selling for below desired price. Back 22% of Redfin home sales in the fourth quarter had a final sale below the listing price with concessions like money for repairs and mortgage rate buy-downs. According to another Redfin report, homes are going for about the same price as they did last year, but pending sales also dropped to lowest levels since at least 2015. I like how you... uh put this story next to the lottery story because uh, there's a a show on HGTV we like to watch called My Lottery Dream Home. Right. These are people who have won the lottery and then they go out and try to find a home. It's great. Yeah, just put your face all (laughs) over the television when you win. See how many friends you find. That's funny. Well, in sports, University of Portland women's basketball team remains undefeated in West Coast Conference play following their win over Santa Clara last night at the Child Center. Portland now 5-0, and final 81-71. Now, in the win, the Pilots matched their program record for three-pointers made with 15. Portland had three players score in double figures, led by Alex Fowler, who had 26 points, seven rebounds, and a career-high four threes. Portland hosts the San Francisco Dons tomorrow evening at 5 o'clock. In men's college basketball, boy, not such a good night for the Ducks and the Beavers on the road. Oregon loses at Colorado 68-41, to and Oregon State is defeated by Utah 79-60. to Washington and Washington State dropped their games as well to Arizona and Arizona State. Well, the reconstruction effort at Notre Dame to Paris is on scheduled for their planned 2024 reopening. Recent progress reports have painted a hopeful picture of the iconic French cathedral, which was damaged by the April 2019 fire. Now, plans for beautifying and updating the areas surrounding the building have emerged as well. Leaders of the project have announced the completion of the reconstruction of the collapsed stone vault in the north transept. Now, this is significant because it will allow the team 
to begin work on the vaulted ceiling of the transept crossings. Now, the transept crossings is the spot that supported the spire, which crumbled into the building during the fire. While preparing to restore the ceiling, the team has already erected the 600 tons of scaffolding to reach the 26-meter height. That's a lot of scaffolding for sure. Now, the scaffolding will expand even more as the spire construction begins. But until then, Notre Dame looks like a cased in metal poles, almost like they say, a cast for broken bones. Now, meanwhile, art restorers are diligently working to repair the many priceless works of art that were placed in jeopardy by the fire. And these include murals, frescoes, the stained glass windows, sculptures, and ironworks. It was noted that some of the sculptures were irreparably damaged and these are being recreated by artists and craftsmen. They are also planning for the landscaping outside where they're going to be putting hundreds of shade trees out there, even a little water kind of brook feature. So that way people who have to wait outside can have some nice shady trees to do that. All right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And on January 14th at 8.30 a.m. is a memorial prayer service in Beaverton for the end of abortion that is happening at St. Cecilia's Catholic Church in Beaverton. The St. Cecilia's Respect Life Committee invite all to pray with them, benediction, a pro-life rosary, and the Divine Mercy Chaplet for the end of abortion. This will take place after the 8 a.m. Mass. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Hey, our good buddy Brian Howell over in Potato Country. They've got the big Idaho Men's Conference coming up, Salt and Light Radio. We're going to hear from Brian. Touch base with him right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Many blessings and hoping you and your family had a joyful Christmas holiday and are ready to kick off 2023. Camp Howard staff are delighted to announce that registration is now open for summer camp at Camp Howard. Visit cyocamphoward.org to register. The number one reason our youth were excited to be back at Camp Howard last summer was the ability to engage in fun activities together with their peers. It's time to give that much-needed fellowship, connection, and joy to the kids in your life. Campers enjoy the friendship, camaraderie, natural beauty, and sense of freedom that a week at Camp Howard offers, all experienced in a safe environment with caring staff. For more information and to register now, please go to cyocamphoward.org. We are currently hiring camp counselors and officials for CYO Track and Field. You can help spread the word with more information on our website at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you, and may God richly bestow His blessings upon you. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. 
Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpointpointe.com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.42 at Mater Day Radio. 30% chance of showers today. That'll increase to 80% tonight. High today, 52 degrees. Low tonight, 42 degrees. 80% chance of rain for Saturday. High of 44. And about a 90% chance of rain for Sunday. High of 50. Currently, it is... 41 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it's 41 degrees at Central Catholic High School in Portland. Well, now is the time to plan for a New Year's Guys Weekend. Gather your friends, pack a bag, head over to Idaho. Learn how to be a saint. Well, joining us this morning with all the details is the man with the golden vocal cords, our good friend, (laughs) Brian Howell, production manager over at Salt and Light Radio in Boise, Idaho. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, David. Uh, So glad to be with you again. And yeah, we are gearing up. Uh, We took about a week and a half off uh, for Christmas vacation And now we're back at it. It's a new year, and we are going full speed ahead towards Saturday, February 4th, for what I believe is our sixth annual Idaho Catholic Men's Conference. And as you mentioned, this year's theme is Be a Saint. And, you know, really, what else is there? Um, It's going to be in Nampa at St. Paul's Catholic Church. And Nampa's about 15 miles west of Boise. But just like Portland, I mean, Boise has grown so much over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, you really don't know where Boise ends and Nampa begins. But uh, what's really exciting is the last couple of years, one of the silver linings of COVID, I guess, is that we have introduced these online watch parties. So you can like virtually attend the men's conference anywhere in the world. So if you don't feel like driving or flying out to the Boise area, but we would love to have you. Um, you could watch right there in the comfort of your own home, or you could host a watch party at your parish. There's a lot of opportunity here to make the men's conference not just Idaho, but the entire Pacific Northwest. Well, for those who might be uh, daring and ready to get out of town and go to Idaho, how's the weather these days? What's it going to look like in February heading out that way? Well, if you don't like the weather in Idaho, just wait 15 minutes and it'll change. (laughs) I Um, like that. Yeah, you know, February, we've had everything from 10 degrees and a foot of snow to, you know, we're wearing our cargo shorts and we're out on the golf course. So (laughs) it's hard to say what to expect. So I guess I would pack for, you know, three or four seasons just in case. You just never know what we're going to have out here. but. Uh, We have some exciting speakers. In fact, one of them we actually interviewed today, and uh, Brenda, I know you're a big baseball fan. Uh You probably know retired Major League Baseball All-Star Mike Sweeney was on our morning show today, and I mean, I was totally geeking out about (laughs) having a Major League All-Star player on our morning show here, but uh, he's going to be talking about authentic Catholic masculinity, 
And of course, you know, in recent years, we've heard this term toxic masculinity. And uh, that's not, of course, what we're about. And just for men to really step up and lead the family, because, you know, as the family goes, there goes the church. So he's going to, you know, share some negative experiences about some of the coaches that he's had over his 20-year baseball career. But of course, the best coach that we can possibly have is our Lord Jesus Christ. And the other keynote speaker, Monsignor James Shea, he's the president at the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, we interviewed him back in the middle of December. He's written this book called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, Pastoral Strategies for an Apostolic Age. You can get that on paperback. I think it was released a couple of years ago. But he's going to be sharing some of those strategies with the men that day. So we are just so excited. Every time these conferences are over and we start planning the next one, it's like, how are we going to top that? How are we going to top that? And here we go, another incredible lineup of of keynote speakers. The men are really going to get a lot out of this day. That's awesome, Mike Sweeney. I mean, that's that's pretty cool having a former major major league baseball player involved, Brian. And and I know too. I think he's probably a member of. And I've looked at this website before and talked with some of the folks, Catholic Athletes for Christ. And uh, I mean, they have a great lineup of these former athletes, who Catholic former athletes who go out and speak. And so to get Sweeney, that's awesome. He was just name-dropping all morning long. It was just funny yeah. how he mentioned Philip Rivers, Vince Coleman, uh, his friendship with Jim Caviezel, the actor who portrayed Christ in The Passion, and he was kind of giving us a teaser that uh, uh, Mr. Caviezel and Mel Gibson are in the works of possibly doing a sequel uh, about the resurrection of Christ. Ooh, so wow. uh, Mike, Mike Sweeney's actually helping Caviezel try to get into shape so he can portray Jesus once again. So... It was a great interview. If you want to go listen to it, saltandlightradio.com. You can click on the Morning Light page and find it there on our podcast page. But it was just a wonderful interview. He is so humble, and uh, he's excited to get out here to Idaho and share this message with the men. And again, if you don't want to come out or you can't come out to uh, the Boise area February 4th, um, go to IdahoCatholicMen.org. You'll find lots of information there. You can register and learn more about hosting a watch party or just being able to attend the uh, the men's conference virtually from your own home. It's it's a it, and it's a lot less. I mean, if we have an early bird discount right now, so if you sign up before January fifteenth, it's only forty nine dollars, and you're going to get a lot for that forty nine dollars. But then it jumps up to sixty after yeah. that. But if you want to just watch it online, it's just twenty nine dollars. And um, but it, there is just a lot there. We're going to start the day with mass with our Bishop Peter Christensen. Then of course we got the keynote speakers. Um, so it's going to be a great day. A lot packed in between probably well your time it would be seven in the morning till about two in the afternoon. Oh, that's wonderful. So you're saying you're on your sixth one now, your sixth men's conference. What do you hear from guys after they attend the conference? What's kind of the feedback you get? It's an incredible high that guys, when they walk out of there, they're fired up. They're forming men's groups, you know, small groups. They're getting together with friends, people in their parishes. Uh, They're getting more involved with Knights of Columbus. Maybe they're jumping into youth ministry at their parish. But you really see this fire that's that's lit under guys that they start getting more involved in parish life. And 
that's something that I think the Church has sorely needed. I mean, I'm, I'm a convert. I've been Catholic now for about 22, 23 years, and it's been exciting to see how over that time men have become more and more involved with Church activity. Uh, the Knights of Columbus are more visible. They're doing more throughout the parishes, throughout the diocese. So I think that's the main fruit that comes from an event like this, is that men, you almost have to take them by the shoulders and shake them and say, hey, wake up. You know, the, the, it's a spiritual battle that we're involved in, and you need to surround yourself with like-minded men. Iron sharpens iron, and it's just incredible. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it, and <laughs> we're great. still about a month away. Yeah. Well, Brian Howell is joining us today. He's the production manager over at Salt and Light Radio, good friend of ours out of Boise, Idaho. The Idaho Men's Catholic, actually, I had that backward, the Idaho Catholic Men's Conference coming up February 4th. The theme, Be a Saint. As Brian, you said, because what else is there? That's what we are all striving to do. That's right. So remind our (laughs) listeners again, where are they going to find all that information? You've got a little bit of swag, I think, available for purchase, too. Uh, Tell our listeners the detail for registration and purchase. So IdahoCatholicMen.org, you can go there and register. You can also watch videos from past conferences, and I point that out because if you go back to 2017, we had Bishop Peter Smith, and I believe he's the Auxiliary Bishop for the Archdiocese of Portland. Right. But Bishop Smith was out here and gave a wonderful talk back in 2017. So if you want to see that, you can watch videos from past conferences, and you can get registered. You can learn all about watch parties or how you can watch virtually from right there in the Portland area, IdahoCatholicMen.org. But, of course, we would love to have you out here if you want to fly into Boise. Uh, plenty of hotels, um, but it is going to sell out. So if you do want to come out here and see it in person, um, I would suggest that you probably get on that today. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Hey, before we run out of time, too, I wanted to ask you, how are things going at Salt and Light Radio? We are so excited about 2023. Uh, we have our own app. Uh, I think we were very inspired by the Hail Mary Media app. So we are going to uh, hopefully launch ours the 1st of February. So we're excited about that. We've been doing a lot in the podcast arena. We're releasing a lot of uh, video content on YouTube. So a lot of exciting things happening here in the Boise area. We've expanded up to uh, central Idaho, and we really hope that by the end of this year, we're going to have stations in eastern Idaho which is uh, a, ma- a majority of the people that live in eastern Idaho are LDS, mm-hmm. and the Catholics out there have been starving for years for Catholic radio, and uh, God willing, we're going to be able to feed them spiritually by the end of this year. Oh, that's awesome. Well, fantastic. Well, Brian, I sure appreciate your time today. Sounds like it is shaping up to be a great year there at Salt and Light Radio, and most importantly, a wonderful Catholic Men's Conference coming up in February. God bless you. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you guys. Say hi to Aaron and Pat and Sarah and all the. We miss you guys. Love you. And uh, God bless you and all that you do.
God bless you too. And again, that is Brian Howell. The Idaho Catholic Men's Conference, again, coming up February 4th. I will put a link on the podcast of this interview. It's going to get you right to Salt and Light Radio and their registration launch page. You can also get all of the details on their speakers and the layout of that day. You can find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Please join Modern Day Radio and the Archdiocese of Portland Office of Vocations as we unite in prayer with all young men and women to know their vocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have created me to know, love, and serve you. I know there are many ways in life to fulfill this calling. But of them all, there is one way, especially for me, by which I will become a saint. Help me to desire what you desire for me. And I pray that you send the Holy Spirit into my mind, heart, and soul, so that I will have the courage to follow you in all things. Mary, my mother, help me to say yes to God's will as you did. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, help me to love as you love. If it is your will that I am called to serve you as a priest or consecrated person, give me the grace and strength to follow you with joy to the end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.56 at Monster Day Radio. Well, we've got about a 30% chance of showers today. That'll bounce up to 80% tonight. High today, 52 degrees. Low tonight, 42. And then for the weekend, showers, highs right around 50 degrees. It's currently 41 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Marie Miller. You're not alone. We are the Morning Blend on Monster Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
is Marie Miller, and you're not alone. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. That is going to wrap it up for the week. David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for joining us all week long. That was a fast week. It was. Well, it helps to have a holiday week, and it does make things go by pretty quickly. <laughs> it does. Uh, what a great show today. Oh, talk to Ed Longwa. Great to talk with Ed. Brian Howell, Salt and Light Radio. They got their big men's conference. That's nice they're doing it online, too, so folks who can't make it to Idaho can watch it. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be a great weekend. And on View from the Pew this evening, we're going to talk a little bit more with Ben. Erickson and how uh, the good deacon and I have talked to our Gen Zers. Nice. Oh, that's going to wrap it up for us today.